TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to a Monday edition of the TalkZone.com. And it's two guys and a mic back at you after a beautiful weekend. We hope everybody out there had a tremendous weekend, sports and or otherwise. The coach and Mark Carmen sitting in today on Two Guys and a Mic, the revolving chair over there. And Mark Carmen, today you have the honor, if not the great prestige, of sitting. In chair number two. It is a pressure-filled spot. A lot of people can't handle it. The opportunity to be here and step it up. Uh, Coach, I didn't sleep last night. I'm so nervous. But I think I'm just going to let it flow and it'll be all right. You don't believe me? No, I, I actually do believe you. I'm just having trouble actually hearing you. But we'll get that technical difficulty. doesn't matter if I hear you or not as long as the listeners out there hear you. That's the important thing. But uh, great to see you, Carmine. And we got NFL round them up, wrap them up today. I know you've done your... Research on all of the games as we do, arguably, extremely arguably, by the way, the best three minutes in all of sports talk radio, Monday's NFL Roundem Up Wrap'em Up. A very exciting opportunity right there, Roundem Up Wrap'em Up, a coach extravaganza. <laughs> I was at the Bears game yesterday, really? coach. Uh, did uh, see that. Uh, Fine, fine, uh, wow. 60 minute extravaganza in person. Of course, I saw about 56 minutes of it because I like to come in fashionably late, you know, with the, with the, uh, the mink coat, Mr. T type of look. <laughs> I, I want everybody to see me when I show off. I wore the big orange sweater yesterday. I want to make mm-hmm. this all about me, not about the Bears. I had the big orange sweater on yesterday and I had to stop by the old uh, studios before I headed over there. And one of the hottest women in, in radio, she looks at me and she's like, you know, uh, I just want to let you know. Orange is a terrible color on most people, and you fall in the most people category. <laughs> so I, I'm never going to wear that sweater again, but I did wear it yesterday. Now, who was the uh, outstanding young female on radio or TV? Uh, her name I will uh, remain nameless. Uh, Stephanie. We'll, we'll give her a first name. We'll we got at least we got at least half the T's, huh? Blonde, married, yeah, completely unavailable. Drives, were, drives were, men nuts. Were, <laughs> <laughs> Were you at the game? Uh, and I think I just answered my own question because you came late. I'm assuming you were not there on business, but in fact, you were there as a regular bear spectator. Oh no, no, I was there on business, coach. Really? That, that was the whole reason for the late show up. It, it's the the way to go to Soldier Field, and if I may, if you show up at 12:02, mm-hmm. there is no traffic. They're all in there. You pull on in, little Waldron parking deck. Boom, boom, you get you, in, and you're and you just like like. The world is dead. They're all in the stadium. You show up at 1130, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So why go? I mean, you know, really, do you need to see the opening kickoff? I'm not well, a big opening kickoff guy. Yeah, but you're you're also a professional getting paid for that particular gig. Those of us that uh, might maybe one time in our lives get to go to a game one time per season, pay $300, $200, whatever it is per ticket, you want to get in, you want to see the pregame festivities, you want to walk around the lobby and see the people mingle with the folks. It's a rare moment in time, so I would argue... No, you're. Eh, you know, if you're a regular season ticket holder for many years, yes. But if it's a once or twice a season, you got to get there early and soak it up. Don't listen to anything I say. Everybody get there early. Let's keep my plan uh, mm-hmm. of the late arrival, easy late arrival in in tow here. And yes, of course you want to get there early. But the best part of the game, coach, is the third quarter when one of the fine 
uh, soldiers who are fighting for our country comes yes. out. We've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. Crowd stands up, the music blares, and they wave. It's it's the best moment of a Bears game. Not even remotely close to, the, to anything else they do there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the put on the jersey, race to one end of the field. That's all kinky and dandy. And of course, the Bears playing. That's that's nice too. But the soldier on the field. That's that's a that's just a great moment. Even better than the Pac-Man races on the big screen or the M&M races. You know, the Soldier Field has not taken that on, but I think they do need to go into a dot race. I think they need a pizza. <laughs> I, I think if they jumped into that, maybe the fans well, would stay a little more into it. I'll tell you this, and uh, you're an NFL fan listening out there anywhere in our uh, fine 50 states or possibly internationally, as you know, Mark, our show being heard on seven different continents and also parts of the New England area. Uh, 888-463-674. You want to talk some football over the weekend, college or pro, that's what we are here for on a football Monday here on thetalkzone.com. What did you think but, of the Bears yesterday, Coach? Huh? Well, I was going to say, as boring as that Chicago Bear game was, mm-hmm. win and or lose, you might as well have had some dot races, M&M races, or you could have gone down in your ugly orange sweatshirt and probably got more excitement than the Bergen. Yeah, well, I did a lot of reading yesterday. I had the Tribune, I had the Sun-Times, I had the Daily Herald. I had Crane's, At the game. Yes, I had Crane's Business. I really got caught up there. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it, it was over. But uh, there was... I guess uh, you could find a remote bright spot in that football game. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but, uh, I mean, Kevin, I'll I'll give you one. Jamar Williams played a nice game, 15 tackles, filling in for Lance Briggs. There's one positive. Jay Cutler didn't throw an interception. Uh, That was a positive. Of course, he only completed eight passes. See, to me, that's a negative. That he didn't throw an interception? Absolutely. I'm I'm encouraging him to throw a couple interceptions per game if, and I say that only somewhat facetiously, if, they have the proper game plan. I think he needs to throw a couple interceptions a game. If they throw the ball down the field 25 to 30 times a game and another seven or eight short passes, then you're going to score 28, 35 points. You can live with the two interceptions. So I say throw caution to the wind. Let's play a little bit more aggressive with a couple interceptions a game. Eh, not good, but it's not going to kill us. Let's get it ball down the field. I've been saying that now for, oh, about the last 14 or 15 years with the Bears offense. Well, you would agree, though, that his interception-to-touchdown ratio should be favorable to the touchdown-to-interception, correct? No question. Okay, well, he did have that yesterday, so that is one positive. How about that? Can we give him a positive there? Boy, one that, touchdown, that, no interceptions. One touchdown, called, no interceptions. That's called the backdoor positive. I'll give you another one. Then if you want to go negative, the pass that he threw to Hester where he caught in the end zone and got one foot down and mm-hmm. was nowhere close to getting the second foot down and didn't even realize to even try to drag the foot there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been a very tough play, but I thought he could have made a better attempt. Johnny Knox was wide open in the middle of the end zone. Cutler mm-hmm. had made up his mind before the play, apparently, where he was going to throw the ball. So that was the most disappointing Jay Cutler moment to me because Knox made a fake to the corner. Nice little route right Right down the seam, and the ball was already in the air to Devin, and it had no chance. Had a great kickoff return, too. Did uh, Johnny Knox got called back for a very questionable, actually not questionable, a very poor mm-hmm. holding call by the officials. Johnny Knox, the young rookie fifth rounder out of Abilene Christian, uh, star power. He definitely has that star power. He's one of the few bright spots for the Chicago Bears. Bear fans are listening out there. A rare victory as ugly as it was. 888-463-6748. Mark Carmen was there. He did it. He saw it. Were you uh, in the locker room post game? Did you get to mingle? Possibly with a Jamar Williams. I did a very, I did talk with Jamar Williams. Very impressive young man. I okay. talked to him about Briggs, asked him if Lance had given him some advice about uh, well, playing that's, the position. That's, that's a bad question. Now, why would that be a bad well, question? Well, here the guy is. He finally has his breakout game. 
Uh-huh. Hey, by the way, we should mention you're in the locker room, not because you're like uh, I an imposter Why don't we just leave who got by like the couple that got into the White House. You actually, shockingly to many, including me, are a somewhat legitimate member of the media via WGN. Very legitimate, incredible persona I have. I'm amazing. No, that's true, Coach. By the way, <laughs> and I just want to, I want to, I want to paint a picture out there. We have. Two, I want to get back to your bad question you know, on Jabari. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get right back. I'm not going to gonna it. let you off the hook. I, I, to, I should, I should, uh, but my ADD is kicking in. I have to mention it now. We've got two beautiful computer screens. Yes. In, in this. Uh, Take a look at them. You've got two beautiful computer screens. You've been doing radio shows now for 20,000 years. You've yes. never had a computer screen. You've got two great ones. You can have tons of information on there. Right now, John Cohn has on one 12 days of deals, an advertisement on AOL, completely useless. There's uh-huh. no information. And on the other screen, failed to connect. Yes. Can we get some information on <laughs> the screens? No. Failed to connect I mean, in 12 days of deals is not going to launch the career the, that we're looking for the here. Failed to connect is a technical situation. <laughs> we're taking phone calls today, but we're going to uh, see it, not via the computer. We're going to see it via the beautiful handwriting of our linguistic expert producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Okay, the other screen, still, see, I actually got an early, and I read the paper, and I read this, and I've got my sports info. I can't be looking at stuff while I'm concentrating on trying to... Pick on comments like you did of Jamar Williams. So I, I basically have the screen up here just to make sure that we get all the emails that are coming in. I don't use okay. it for sports information. Okay, okay, all right. I, I, I back off and I, and I, I, I understand now. But I just thought there was complete because, because John, you know, you, or coach, you, uh, you know that you're not the most technical savvy guy. So I thought you were having a major <laughs> issue here, but apparently it didn't. Okay, back to Jamar Williams. You'll be happy to know we are tweeting right on the show though. That's a big time. What do you move. call it? Tweeting? Twittering? You send out a tweet. You are twittering. You have a I twit. Can. I am a twit. You and, uh, He's you a probably twit. are you're too. You're a twit. Wouldn't you like to be a twitter it's, too? Uh, no, no, you got Jamar Williams. He finally has his breakout game. Mm-hmm. In the first question, Mark Carmen from WGN asked him, is how do you feel about filling in for Lance Briggs? No, no, no. I that, mean, what an insult was, to him. I didn't say, how do you feel about filling in for him? I wouldn't ask something that stupid. I feel great. I finally got to play you. I would not ask that. I said, did he? Did Lance give you any advice? Did you? Did, was there any yeah. conversation between you and him on the sidelines just to see if there's that rapport? And his face lit up. He's like, you know, Lance. He 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 says a lot to me, but he says more to me when I'm doing something wrong. So he he, he talked to me a couple times during the game. I thought it was fairly interesting. I mean, what would you have asked Jamar Williams, coach? Let me put you in the in the reporter mm-hmm. seat. What would you have fired to a Jamar Williams? Boom! All of a sudden, right now, you're in front of Jamar Williams. What are you going to ask him? Jamar, phenomenal game, breakout game. It's been a long time coming. What? Happened today to make you so successful? I, was, I want to know okay. why he had the right, big game can today. I, can I answer that question? Absolutely. Thank you. Jamar Williams, you're live on thetalkzone.com. Just made plays. I just huh? made plays. I made plays, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my teammates tell me I made plays. Next question. Uh, Jamar, what do you think about that annoying news guy from WGM wearing the ugly orange sweatshirt? Well, he's annoying. Feel free to say what you want. He's annoying, but there's a lot of annoying people in here. They're all annoying. The media is annoying, but we know that we're talking to the fans, so there's, you know, it's it's something that we like to do. Right, thank you, Jamar. Put a towel on and get dressed. Well, you nice talking to you. Great story, <laughs> compelling and rich. It was a big time moment, but uh, the most interesting. Part of the post game yesterday was with Tommy Harris, who mm-hmm. I greatly enjoy talking to. A very well thought out man. He so, sometimes he does have the foot and mouth disease, but for the most I part, I haven't talked to him, but I thoroughly enjoy his one tackle every game. He yeah, he does do a great one tackle. <laughs> he was out there helping the defense, though. Let's give Tommy a, the benefit of some minor doubt, but Tommy 
was that, you know, people are talking about is, you know, it's obviously not a big win. The Bears season is over, yet you still got to play for pride. And the most important thing Tommy said was, you know, look, we got to go out there. We're professionals. We want to win football games. We want to do the best we can. But when you're losing week after week after week, that gets very draining. Four straight losses coming into yesterday. Mm-hmm. He said, the best thing about this game is I get to go home and my lady will be happy when I get there. Mm-hmm. So Tommy was fired up to have a happy lady when he got home last night. A little window into the uh, house of a Tommy Harris after a win. A happy mm-hmm. lady. Tommy has a fun night. Whereas a loss, everyone's miserable. And, uh, you know, maybe they sleep in separate bedrooms. I would hope most of the bear wives or girlfriends maybe aren't as... Uh susceptible to the W or the L is Tommy Harris. Is it wife or girlfriend? Wife? Uh, I, well, he said lady, so yeah. I do not know. I mean, you know, the guys come home, they get beat around during the game, win, lose, or draw, they should get a little love them. There's From no the question. female commodity uh, later that evening, I would think. Are we going to get to talk some Tigers? Speaking of female loving, he apparently has uh, somebody in every city. God bless him. Oh, I have not read. Are there additional we're rumors up, going on? We're, we're up to seven. Now seven really? have come out. Seven. Seven. And you know what, Coach? I, I hate to... Uh, Do I hear eight? Eight? I'm, nine. There's got to be once. eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Are, going twice. Up. Oh, Linda from Minnesota has checked in. We're on the number ten. Well, if you remember back in the day, Coach, that we had a fine traffic reporter by the name of Jenny Hooks. Does that name ring a bell? It does indeed. Extremely attractive woman. I liked her second best traffic reporter in Chicago next to Lane Closure. Lane Closure was big. Loved Lane Closure. She might make a comeback. Or is it a heat Lane Closure? I forget. But at any rate, <laughs> Jenny Hooks, I don't believe anything ever happened there, and I don't mean to throw out names, but she hung out with Tiger way back mm-hmm. in the day. Did not know that. Yeah, she said that he was a very quiet Tiger, but... Mm-hmm. Just could see that about, uh, this was 1998, roughly. If I recall, you were trying to hang out with her back in the day. I was doing more than trying. I was sending uh, flowers, money, uh, any advances that I could possibly do. And At the time, I didn't know you were competing with Tiger. Yeah, well, That's a rough competition. Yeah, I lost uh, by a landslide. I lost wow. uh, big time. But And I don't think Tiger, I don't think any, once again, I'm not saying that anything happened there, and I don't even know mm-hmm. if Tiger was married then, and I don't want to say anything like that. But the point is, is that Tiger has great taste. Mm-hmm. Jenny Hooks was an outstanding pick in 1998. Tiger knows what he's doing. Apparently, sh- Tiger should come out. Listen to this one, Coach, and, I, and you can just uh, feel free to disagree because I'm sure you will. Tiger should come out and say, look, I'm going to be a role model for athletes. Bottom line is that we should not get married at such a young age. We need to have our careers. We need to hit at least the age of 40 before we get married because there are too many women out there who are throwing themselves at us, who are incredibly attractive, and no man mm-hmm. is strong enough to resist that. Now, I know it's not right to, I mean, I mean, I know there's some moral issues in there, but I got no problem with these guys being single and being responsible mm-hmm. and having their fun. They, they have reached the pinnacle of their profession. They make tons of money. They have a lot at their disposal. Just don't get married. Go ahead and, and, and Tiger should say, I am going to provide every financial uh, means for my wife and my kids, and they'll have everything they could possibly need, including half my money now, which is ridiculous, by the way. But I am now going to be single, and if you would please line up all the attractive women on one aisle who would like to go on a date with me, I would be happy to entertain you. That's what I think you should do. And you did say, you said 40, not 30. I said 40. 40. 40 years old. I would not. Disagree with that somewhat bizarre thought. 38 and a half. We have any female listeners out there who might want to aspire a little bit with Mr. Mark Carmen? Feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. Why uh, do they get married? Don't get married. Derek Jeter, a great example. Exactly. Right? 
Perfect. Yeah. Doesn't get married, has hot girlfriends, yeah. plays in New York, and, and, makes tons of money. Stays, and, for and, the and, most part, pretty classy And about is it. out of it. Yeah. Which, this summer, Ozzy Guillen, and I can't use all the language, but we're, this is before the game, they're playing the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Jeter comes over from the dugout, right? And uh, Ozzy says to him, what's up, God, in his Ozzy way? And Jeter and him have a little bit of a chit-chat, and he's like, you know why he's got Because he won in New York, he makes tons of money in New York, and he's single in New York. You mm-hmm. think anybody lives a better life than that guy? Mm-hmm. So you you have to respect. It's a great, perfect example. Derek Jeter, incredibly attractive dude, shortstop for the Yankees. Everybody knows who he is, has more money in his pocket than anybody on the planet, and he's and he do, he handles his business. Just do it like Jeter. And he may be getting married, I read fairly soon. He's not quite 40 yet, but the point is well taken. Right. Tom Brady would be another example like Tiger Woods. Right. Right? It's, so you would suggest Tom Brady, even though he was apparently, and uh, hopefully still is, very much in love with... I'm not exactly sure of Brady's whole scene over there. I'm not, I don't want to completely... Yeah. But right, I should know. But, I'm, that, but that would be the Tiger Woods football example at the, at the highest level. Right. Just stay single. Just be like... Yeah. It, just. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Two guys in a mic. We're here for marital advice for all athletes out there. If you're not an athlete and you just play one over the weekend, we'll give you dating, social, marital advice right here on the air. We'll do it for free. 888-463-6748. You want to use a fake name and uh, go undercover but still get some advice, you can do it at Mike. Two guys, M-I-C number two, Mike Two Guys at AOL.com. Mark, you have no problem handling... uh, I know you have issues yourself, but sometimes the best way to handle your own issues is to help others solve theirs. Coach, I will jump into anyone's house. I'll do, I will try to fix it. Of course, people like myself shouldn't really be giving advice because I'm all <laughs> messed up, and you point that out very uh, accurately. But yes. I'm going to do my best to uh, to help the people yeah. out there. You well, were a guy that got married as a later uh, individual, were you not? I was a later rival. What, in the 40s or in the late 30s? Uh, Mid-30, 35. 35. Good move for me, would Early 20s, mid-20s, late-20s, arguably even when I got married at 35, right. I was nowhere near ready to get married. And what happened? You just got huh? suckered in? Well, at you know, mid-30s, I'm, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Got vacuumed in just a bit. But Don't clearly, worry, she's not listening. Mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, nowhere near no chance. ready to get married. You know, that's the big uh, move around here lately. The, the Midwestern move is to, you know, as soon as you meet the uh, fine uh, man of your love, your woman of your choice, mm-hmm. let's lock it in. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's think about uh, what school we're going to send him to. Uh-huh. And, uh, so you're saying the trend is reverting back to a younger age of marital bliss. I know a lot of people getting married young. Now, if you mm-hmm. go out to California, you do an L.A. look, they're okay. all about the 40s. All but right. the Midwest, it's, 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 let's lock it down. Let's get hacky. Let's, let's, people let's... tuning into the talkzone.com for the first time, ready to check out the analysis of the New Orleans Saints. Miracle victory over the Redskins. That was a Break great down win. Some of the upsets yesterday, they're tuning in. What the hell is going on? We're getting marital advice from a deeply troubled 35-year-old WGN producer we, and a way over-the-hill sports talk host. Do we get to talk about the bowl picture at some point today? I would love to talk about the bowl picture. Extremely excited about a couple of the games, not one of which, by the way, is the championship game. You don't like the uh, Alabama-Texas matchup, huh? I like it, but I don't love it. There's a couple that I love. You're more you could like it or you love it. I like Alabama, Texas. I love a couple of others. You're more into the international ball of a northern Illinois and a south Florida? Yikes. That's on Jan 2nd, too, right? That I mean, is, that, yeah. That game on December 23rd is acceptable. Uh, January 2nd? That game is not acceptable on September the 4th. Yes, it is. 
Yes, Northern Illinois should not be in a bowl there. I love the Huskies. I worked there. They're seven and five. We'll talk about it when we a come hard back. Hard fought seven and five. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, my bodyguard, our producer. You're listening to a Monday version of Two Guys and a Mic here in the Talk Zone. That come. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and we are back on two guys and a mic here on the talkzone.com real quick mark carmen on friday of course it's football friday we play a game called beat the schmoes other shows will play beat the pros here on two guys and a mic on fridays it's called beat the schmoes football predictions and I went one and two last week. We pick against the spread. Pathetic. So it's not so easy. So in the four weeks that we've been on the air, I actually took one week off for Thanksgiving. I'm 0 and 3, 1 and 2, 0 and 3, and 1 and 2. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. I mean, that's embarrassing. Guest host Brian Bauer made me feel right at home by going one and two. Couple of callers dismal at one and two also. But David Olson, are you ready for this? The pair of dice. The beautiful and the lovely Curvaceous Paradise, who started off 0-3. Two weeks ago, she bounced back at 3-0. She also, along with me, took off Thanksgiving week. Don't spread the rumors. We were in completely different <laughs> cities. Paradise, yes, 3-0. Oh, uh, underwear. Huh? She's, she's 0-3, 3-0, Two consecutive 3-0s for Paradise. Once again, spinning the dice. More effective than any of our so-called experts. Did you uh, happen to catch, speaking of gambling, 60 minutes last night? 50 minutes? Uh, 60 minutes. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a uh, program. I thought maybe they picked up some new sponsors. Times were rough, and now it was 50 minutes. <laughs> it is a tough economy out there. And now that we've got greenhouse gases being proven I, to be deadly, uh, it could I get worse. Not, did not, they dealt with the sports gambling? They had Tim Donahue on, the fine referee who yes. fixed basketball games. Did two segments with Tim. It was awesome. To, that's, yeah. the, that's the best show on television. I'm, I, I'm I almost it. on his side now. You're on Tim Donahue's side? Almost. If you watch the program, though, are, are you... It's a what, uh, what before we talk about me watching the program. Well, and I, I, there's no end to your liberalness, by the way. <laughs> How can you be on Donahue's side? He fixed games. Well, he fixed specifically. Yes. First of all, did he not come out and say that he was being threatened? They only well, okay, you don't have the whole story. They, if you're taking that angle, he was being threatened because the mob found out. Yes. From. Uh, the guy that he was dealing with, that mm-hmm. the guy let it out. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing, I'm getting fixing games with, with the, with the ref in the NBA. Then the mob found out, and then they went and found him and said, yo, bro, you're fixing these games. You're gonna, you're gonna let us know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
And so then he was in real trouble. Once the mob found out, it was only a matter of time before the FBI now, found out and then the NBA found out and then he ended up on 60 Minutes. When you say fixing the games, here I am, a Tom, Tim Donahue, apologist here on the TalkZone.com. We'll get to the NFL Roundup wrap-up in just a sec. He he was not purposely making bad calls to influence the game, or was he? He argues that he was not making bad calls. Okay. He was only using the relationships that he knew in the game, certain right. feelings that refs had for players or coaches, just the whole environment being around it. He thought that he had yeah. an edge. That's his story, anyway. That is his story. Now, there was evidence. The FBI tried to investigate the fact that he made calls that directly affected games. Mm-hmm. This is on your side of the coin here. They could not find any evidence that he did that, and neither could the NBA. So, so Now, the NBA doesn't really want to find that out, but, but the NBA and the FBI were both mm-hmm. on the same side. He actually had a bet where he bet the Spurs in a game. Bet the Spurs kicked out Greg Popovich when the score was 9-8 in the first quarter. So that's evidence in, in his favor. Now, I mean, this guy's a de- gambling degenerate. That's how he got in this yeah. position. Could be a nice guy who got caught up at gambling. You call it degenerate. It's an addiction, right? Well, degenerate. Just like drinking whatever. or smoking. Could have got caught up here. You know, and again, I don't want to be an apologist for something that clearly was wrong, but... If it was a sickness, he got caught up into it. He's way behind. Now he's got to find a way to get back. If he did not influence the games with his own calls, but simply suggested to people, mm-hmm. based on the referees in particular games, who might have a better chance of winning, eh, Coach, not the worst thing in the world. Coach, let, let me give Tim some advice. A, and he doesn't need my advice. He's, I'm sure he knows this now. But A, he should have gone and gotten help, professional help for his addiction. B, if he really thought these relationships were going on and it was a problem, he should have gone to the head of officials or someone in the NBA and said, look, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in this game because these guys don't like A, Kobe Bryant or B, Allen yeah. Iverson or C. That's what he should yeah, have the, done. The sideline to that, you're right. He's actually calling out. The NBA and some of the other officials. Oh, he's he's making, saying that they're purposely influenced. He's making them look horrible. He also yeah. said that the NBA is, and and people have thought this for a long time, that the NBA wants playoff series to mm-hmm. extend out to five, six, seven games so they make more money in TV. And of course they want that, but to have it, you know, to do something to make that happen, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And of course the the grassy knoll and all that was the Sacramento Lakers series, I think, in mm-hmm. 2002, where in Game Six, Sacramento had that game, but call after call after call went the Lakers' ways. It was disgusting, and the mm-hmm. Lakers ended up winning that series in seven games. Ladies and gentlemen, conspiracy theorist Mark Carmen joining us here on the TalkZone.com, 888-463-6748. The phone lines are open. You can email us at Mike2Guys, M-I-C number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Can we quickly revert back to uh, the NFL round em up wrap up? But I do want to get to the bowl picture because... Uh, College football, great games over the weekend. Round them up, wrap them up, and then we'll get to the college football. Ah, here we go. Do we get any round them up, wrap them up music? You can, uh, I need a little, I need some mood. No mood. <laughs> no mood. There's no we, mood. We, we do need to get some round them up, wrap them up music. All right. Can you sing for me, Lise Mark? I can sing later, Coach, but uh, during the hours of 10 to 11, I generally stay silent on my All singing. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, if we're, I'll cut you off again. We'll get to round them up, wrap them up. Back in the day, I was doing play-by-play for St. Edwards University. We're about St. Edwards, St. Edwards, Austin, Texas, Division Two, outstanding entertainment. You're very. Dist- I know this is a, this wasn't in the program log, but before the game, we didn't have the CD of the national anthem. And they asked me. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. You didn't do it, though. I did not do it. They said, "Can you sing it?" 
Noveen <laughs> Bopana, the fine sports information director, asked me to sing the national anthem. Yeah. I said, are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to sing to the 50 people that are out there? So everybody's standing, waiting for the anthem. Nothing's going to happen. Did you think about maybe, like, humming it? So what happened was one of the people at the table, she just yelled out, oh, I guess it's a group thing. And we all sang it together. It was actually cool. kind of nice. Let's see that. Some of the best things are spur of the moment, things like that. Right. Guess it's a group thing. Yeah. So, speaking, of, speaking of sperm of the moment, let's yes. give it a shot. The NFL, round them up and wrap them up here on the talkzone.com. You do have music? <laughs> I can find something. Well, let, let's let the music settle, and he's going to find something. We're, we're going to, David Olson working hard at, at, at uh, what's going on here versus the two guys that are actually on the show who are marginally working, <laughs> which is a... Uh, I mean, we could use like a uh, like a chariots of fire. By the way, Joel Rudwanski, who normally sits in the seat, mm-hmm. he showed up at uh, good old WGN Radio the, oh, uh, this week. I, that I have to hear. Hold on, hold on to that story. The big dog. He was there for four hours. Sat at Dave. Kaplan's are we hearing desk. music here? Or? We are definitely not hearing anything. Okay. I'll let let's, you know. Let's let's, let's pick now it we up. are. NFL round them up, wrap them up with the coach and Karam on Two Guys in a Mic on the TalkZone.com. Coach, Thank you go. Very much. Game one, a big upset, fourth loss to the Romar Carmen. Oakland 27, Pittsburgh 24. Are you kidding me? Four losses in a row for the Steelers, and Oakland scores on a thriller. Brad Grantkowski, touchdown pass, 11 seconds left. Lewis Murphy caught at the 11-yarder, and everybody in Oakland went crazy as Al Davis jumped up and down, and people said, you know what, Al Davis? He's not that bad of a guy. Game number two in the NFL round. Them up, wrap up another upset. Down goes the New England Patriots. Miami 22-21. Chad, henna, henna, henna. With a big game, 325 yards. He drives his team down for the game-winning field goal. And Miami pulls the upset over Tom Brady and company. Bill Belichick fans out there. There are a couple left outside of New England. They're puking all over themselves. The Patriots in a little hangover this year. Not, uh... Not looking as strong. It's really a, it's not a shame to see Bill Belichick go down. Game number three in the NFL round them up, wrap them up. Indianapolis still undefeated. They go 12 and 0. It was weird. Mark, they entered the fourth quarter and they were actually leading. They break Tennessee's five game winning streak. The Colts in a routine up for 27, 17 over Tennessee. Peyton Manning, only one touchdown pass. That's a rarity, but when you got Joseph Adai plowing into the end zone two times, you didn't need the big arm of a Peyton Manning. The Colts looking strong, 16-0, and still within reach. We'll get to the other potential 16-0 and team in just a minute. We'll save the best for last, but how about the Giants in Dallas? Another great game in that tremendous traditional rivalry. The Giants pull out a victory 31-24. Tony Romo threw it 55 times. He completed 41 passes, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are winning numbers, Mark Carmen. But the score says Dallas lost. What a battle in the NFC East. 8-4 Dallas, 8-4 Philly. The Giants at 7-5. It's going down to the wire. By the way, the Bears are 5-7. and seven. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Game five of the NFL. Round them up, wrap them up. The Carolina Panthers knock off Tampa Bay 16-6. Josh Freeman, the Tampa Bay quarterback, the youngster, throws five interceptions. Maybe they borrow the Chicago Bears' offensive playbook. Yeah, but, you know, when you throw the ball 44 times, Coach, you got to expect those interceptions. As like, like you said earlier, 
Sometimes interceptions are good. In this case, not so much. Seattle knocked off San Francisco. A painful defeat for Michael Singletary. 20-17, to a game-winning field goal at the buzzer by Olinde Murray, who I believe is about 58 years old now. One of the flying Murray brothers still kicking. Singletary goes down, Murray with a game winner. Yeah, and Murray's just a great dish. I like it with a spicy red tomato. with dun, a sw- dun, 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 Olinda Murray. It's a beautiful thing. I, Mike Singletary. You go red or white wine with Olinda Murray. I'm a red wine guy with a Murray. Really? Absolutely. But, you know, you can flip it around to a white. I wouldn't have any problem with that. Murray, love him. Game number seven on the NFL. Round him up, wrap him up. David Olson giving us some potentially Lubitron winning music here on the NFL. Round him up, wrap up. By the way, the Lubitrons are awards, not official awards, but Mark, we've never won an award in our life for our shows. So we basically started our own award show so that we would win some. Kevin Haran somewhere is listening to this music and thinking to himself, why did I not come up with this Haran? <laughs> Arizona Cardinals 34, Minnesota 17. Vikings go down. It's been all Brett Favre all season long. Kurt Warner, the veteran himself, Mark, got tired of Harry, and Kurt Warner outfarved Favre. Yeah, very disappointing if you're a Vikings fan. The first chink in the armor for Brett Favre this year looked human last night, and uh, you know Minnesota still 10 and 2, but now with the Saints at 12 and 0, and we're going to get to them in a minute. That uh, home field advantage looks like it's going to go New Orleans' way come the NFC title game. Going to get to them right now. Last game in our NFL round them up, ram up. Brought to you by the way by our fine folks at JC Sports and Tees in Northfield, Illinois. The game of the day: the Washington Redskins did everything they could. To end the Saints' undefeated streak, Mark, everything except win the game. An amazing comeback, not once, not twice, but three times. By the New Orleans Saints, they win an OT 33-30, the blessed ones, the New Orleans Saints. Destiny, my friend, Drew Brees believes in it, and Saints fans should as well. This is the year for Houdat, and a great win. Les Grobstein had the Redskins winning this one. He thought there was no chance the Saints were coming back. But uh, they did did very much do that. On the road, no less. New Orleans, very, very impressive. Got some thoughts on any of the games? Maybe we missed one of your favorite teams or we talked about it. You want to uh, I, I really talk sh- up or talk down your favorite NFL team? We're right here for you on a football Monday NFL Roundup up wrap. 888-463-6748. Yes, Marquise? Well, I shouldn't. Give New Orleans all that much credit there, just because Washington is three and nine. But uh, mm-hmm. nevertheless, to come back late like that, that was impressive. You gotta, I, you gotta like what New Orleans is doing. You gotta appreciate the effort down there. You gotta appreciate the whole Katrina and the uh, rearview mirror. It's, although, from what I understand, it's not anywhere close to uh, the rearview mirror for people who live down there. I mean, the rest of the culture's kind of moved mm-hmm. on from it. But uh, yeah, it's a great example of where sports can help to boost the uh, collective. Spirit of a community without getting too corny doesn't hurt, doesn't save anything, but doesn't hurt. You know, people need divergence in life. That's why we're here, Coach. That's why two guys in a mic exist. Yeah. Notice, by the way, the Chicago Bears, our very own Chicago Bears. If you're new to the show, the two guys in a mic show, uh, hailing from the fine city of Chicago, the Bears did not make our NFL roundup up wrap up highlight show. In fact, it was a mundane victory. It was one of those. Excuse me, let's not make any mistakes. We'll quietly. Walk away with a victory. Did you watch the whole game, Coach? How much were huh? you able to sit through? Well, you know, there's diehards out there that made it through about five minutes. I was actually hoping to skip this up, but as long as you brought it. And we're going to take a quick break in about two minutes, and we'll come back with college football. So if you are a 
Fan of the uh, slightly younger variety, the collegiate football, we're going to talk about that. Some great games over the weekend. And, Mark, I know you're already planning your January 1st getaway. I'm excited to hear where it might be. But I'm begging to be sent on that trip is what I'm I doing. Must admit, go ahead. I slipped. It's like a uh, an addict who had a slip. Mm-hmm. You know how ashamed they feel? Maybe I shouldn't feel ashamed about this, but. Didn't watch the game, Coach? You know, well, you know I'm a long-time tape guy, right? Uh-huh. You know, had the usual uh, activities going on at the coach's house, little Eagle Project situation okay. for the Boy Scouts, a little basketball, all kinds of stuff going on. Went to the tape. Yeah? 12 o'clock. That's when the Bears game started? You were taping at 12 in the morning? 12 o'clock is also when the North Carolina Tar Heels took on the Stanford Cardinal in the NCAA Women's National Soccer Championship. And Mark Carmen, when push came to thumb on the DVR, women's college soccer was taped and not the Bears. You went women's college soccer over the Bears. Da, 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 da. That's a big-time move, Coach. I support you. I mean, what was the point of the Bears game yesterday anyway? And this was, what, was this a final I, game? I ended up watching live the last quarter and a half. And by the way, after watching the last quarter and a half, I'm extremely glad... That I didn't tape the whole game. That was an embarrassingly conservative game plan, but uh, basically, yeah, I watched college soccer. Well, you did miss the 131-yard first quarter passing uh, extravaganza from I heard Jeff Joniak on the radio. I love Jeff Joniak. Does a great job really coming into his own. He threw for 131 yards in the first quarter. It's very exciting. He threw for 143 for the game. Yes, I think you got to go back in the annals. We got to get stats incorporated on it. When, when has anybody ever thrown for 131 in the first quarter yeah. and 12 the rest of the way? Yeah, it's pretty. Well, look back to any teams that Lovey Smith or Ron Turner apparently have coached. Talk about going back. You stick your neck out like a little turtle. You see, it's beautiful and sunny out there. You grab one piece of food. It tastes pretty good. Most turtles would stick that neck out and neck out and keep eating. Yeah, no, but not the Ron Turner turtle. It's oop, back in. We got a little taste of food. Let's not take a chance. We might get sunburn. Coach, I got to tell you, I'm watching Jay Cutler walk, drop back. I'm watching him look downfield, and there's no one open. I'm watching him hand the ball off to Matt Forte, and he goes right into the line. I watch him pitch it out left and right, and there's really not a lot of room out there mm-hmm. either. And then I watch Khalil Bell come in, and it's pretty much the same thing. How so, can no one be open? They're not good enough to get open. Yes, they are. No, they're not. No. Mark, you've got the, arguably the fastest receiving core in the NFL. Maybe not the most skilled. You've got Johnny Knox. He's a burner. you got Devin Hester, burner plus Earl Bennett. The leading receiver in Southeast Conference history is your number three receiver. He's got great speed, too. Now, I understand they're not quite as skilled as the you know Randy Mosses, Chad Johnson, and Quan Boldens of the world. But you've got three super speedy receivers and Generally, arguably one of the best receiving tight ends in football and one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL. And you're telling me with that skill set, you can't get people open. I say the problem is the system, is the scheme, is Mr. Ron Washington-Turner. So let me ask you this, Coach. On what NFL team would Devin Hester be the starting one or two wide receiver outside of the Bears? You can go one, two, or three. He He's not a one. He's not a one. But he's a piece. A piece. He's a threat, but he's the main guy for the Bears. Doesn't matter. So they key on him. Okay. He's what is he? Five foot nine. I mm-hmm. mean, he's not a. He, he doesn't look like a guy that's good. I mean, he went up and got a ball yesterday, but he's not. He certainly doesn't look like your prototypical receiver. Obviously, you've you've had this discussion a million times, and it is exhausting for you. And you clearly have your point and your stance on it. But they're. I don't think they're good enough. That's my analysis. Now he did miss Johnny Knox in the end zone. We talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. but. 
That's a part of them not being good enough. The guy was wide open in the end zone. Are the New Orleans receivers that much better than the Bears? Who are they at? Marcus Colston and who else? Well, there's one right there. He's a Pro Bowl receiver. I mean, the... Uh, you can't really compare him to who the Bears have. Well, and I look think at the, I, the offensive line up front. He doesn't get a lot, have a lot of time to throw either. Eh. And then they say move the pocket. He move, move the pocket. There isn't even a pocket. How can you move look a pocket? This. How can you move something that doesn't exist? A Chicago Bear conservative game plan apologist Mark Carvin. I'm not saying, enjoying his no, final show here on the TalkZone.com, <laughs> and we've we've enjoyed having you here, Mark. I'm not saying that they sh- that. Uh, they should be conservative. Go ahead, throw the ball fifty times. Thank you. That's For, forty times. Whatever, throw it forty times. And not sidewards, by the way. That play is so nauseating. Huh? Down the field. No, I, I love the, the little sling out to Vertical. the side that gets no yards. They run yes. it about six times a game. I think yeah. that's an outstanding play. Oh, you know who also ran that play? Yeah. The Rams all day long yesterday. Yes. Because I'm throwing that play. I'm like, yes. have you guys not figured it's, out it's, it doesn't work? It's a recipe for defeat. You know, well, now, this, if you throw the ball downfield and you have that reputation and you've done it for weeks, then on occasion the swing pass will work. But right. if you have no downfield passing game, forget about it. It gets to the point, Mark, now where the Bears... If it's 3rd and 11, 3rd and 8, 3rd and 13, the only thing I root for, seriously, this is what I tell my son, who I watch the games with, just please throw it past the marker. Yes, that is a If it's 3rd and 11, goal. throw the ball at least 13 yards. Coach, I can't argue with that. By the way, I saw Rex Grossman, former Chicago Bear quarterback, throw it past oh. the marker yesterday and get picked off. I think he was 3 for 9. You had any, any clamoring to bring him back? Good old Rexinator. <laughs> he sucked. Uh, Cutler... I've lost a little faith in him. That's that's where I would go. That I don't think that he there's something in the mental makeup that needs to be improved. He needs to be more of a leader on the field. And also, I'll, I'll make another point to you, Coach. When he's coming off the field, you want to you want to fire on Lovey Smith. You want to fire on Ron. Turn around, turns up in the box. When he's coming off the field, there needs to be a coach over there talking him, talking him up, propping him up, saying what did you or or. Or challenging him. Mm-hmm. What did you see? Why did you make that throw? Some, something. Isn't that the job of uh, Pep Hamilton? Fine, make it Pep Hamilton. Daryl Drake, whoever it is. I mean, he's whoever, whatever person. Lovey Smith, somebody. You have made your bed with this guy. You just gave him a huge contract extension. You need to be engaging him. I think during the game, and most times, third down, incomplete pass, or short run, and we're off the field, and mm-hmm. no one's saying a word to him. Yeah. And he just goes. Head coach Lovey Smith, when you watch him during the game, he does not coach. Rarely, rarely does he go over to a player and coach him up either X and O or psychologically. What does he do? Well, he makes the decisions whether to punt or go for it and stuff. And usually, by the way, I, I, I did think he's like pretty the, good at you, that particular aspect. Did you but, see the fake punt yesterday or the the, uh, the uh, extra point? Uh, I think while the, the fake, fake field punt goal? was going on, uh, Jennifer McDonald might have been scoring the game-winning goal for the Tar Heels. By the way, North Carolina, for those women's soccer fans out there, that uh, sickos like me that did tape that game, won their second consecutive national championship. Anson Durantz, their coach. Anson Durantz. He's got, like I think, his career record, no exaggeration, 730 wins. Okay. 31 losses. That's pretty good. That's a good winning percentage. Is that better than Dean Smith? Slightly. Does he, does Anson, is that a male? Anson Durance. Male or female? Little of both. No, male. Male, Anson. It could go either way, right? And Anson could be a female. No question. Has Anson gotten his own field? I beg your pardon? Well, you got the Dean Dome for North Carolina. Oh. How about the, how about the Anson Ranch or something? I can. <laughs> 
I can neither uh, confirm and or deny that particular rumor. Can you name the head? He should though. Can you name the head coach of the Northwestern University soccer team? Soccer. Soccer. Can you? I can, can, I can give you field hockey national champions. Oh, who's the coach? Huh? Who's the coach? For uh, field Granado, hockey? right? I, very Tony Granado's uh, Cal- oh, Kelly you- Amante Hiller. Kelly Hiller Amante. Kelly Hiller Amante. Married to Tony Amante? Kelly Amante Hiller. Kelly Amante Hiller. She's the sister of Tony Amante. She's the sister of Tony Amante. Yeah. True Who story? I believe, is Tony Amante in a relationship with Olende Mare? Very much so. They're they're dating hi- hardcore. Where does the show go? At any moment, we can get off track. What's the number here? 888-463-6748. 888-GO-FOR-IT. It's two guys in a We Mike count on you. Zone. Most shows, is like the hosts... Have to get the show back on track. We, quite frankly, we count on you, the caller, to get us back on track because uh, we are both ADD accessible, easily distractible. I'm thinking about getting some adult ADD medication, <laughs> actually. I'm thinking about making that move. You, what are you, re- you recommending? Have you tried yeah, it? Yeah, I recommend it to someone before Wednesday at 10 o'clock when you make your next <laughs> appearance on this award-winning show. Well, Scott Ayer was a relief pitcher for the fine Chicago Cubs, won a World Series. What does Scott Ayer have to do with I'll this get there. I'll get there. Hold on. Was a relief pitcher, a World Series relief uh, champion relief pitcher with the Philadelphia Phillies. Ayer went midlife ADD. ADD pill turned his career around. Maybe if I go Scott Air midlife ADD talk show, mm-hmm. maybe my career could turn around. What do you think? I would certainly think it's worth a shot. I mean, there's can't have anything to lose. Might affect the kidneys in a negative way, but who really needs two good kidneys? Clearly, after listening to this for 45 minutes, you're you get, in a downward spiral. Now, you might as well try something. I mean, do you have two kidneys and one liver, or two livers and one kidney? I always get that confused. Two kidneys, one liver. Two kidneys, one liver, okay. Coach. See, for a while, I was going to donate a liver to a dear friend, and then I realized, wait a minute, I got it mixed up. That, I'm glad I caught that before I donated it. Cause, <laughs> so, again, to the young kids out there that are listening here, you yes. have, it's two kidneys, one liver. Yeah, you also not to, the other way around. To the young kids that are out there, by the way, you shouldn't make jokes about donating uh, body parts. It's a very serious issue. People are out there; they're dying yeah. for uh, transplanting. Oh, Coach, you're you're just uh, I'm kidding. It's no, okay. no, I, it's okay. I'm an organ donor. You are okay. You yep. are on your card. Oh, me, yeah. me as well. Yeah. Hopefully, we won't, we won't ever have to do that. Of course, yeah. of course, we won't know that we're doing it anyway. Very, so. very happy to donate my organs. I would prefer it would be after I pass away, but I'm looking forward to that moment. When it does happen. Uh, almost got killed yesterday, so I was close to an organ donation. I was making a left turn on Clark. <laughs> yeah, left turn on Clark, turning on to Lawrence Avenue. Okay. All right. The the guy in the first position there slotted. He uh, fails to see the the uh, green light, so Uh-oh. he just sits there. So I'm waiting to make the turn. I'm going to let all the traffic go. Okay, fine. You're not going to go. I'm going to go first. But the guy behind the first position, second dude, fires around him. Hey. And comes, he's coming right at me at zero to 60 in 4.2 seconds in his Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And it was almost over. I almost became an owner donor. And I thought to myself, you know what? Because of people like that, I'm never going to, uh, if the guy's falling asleep, I'm still going to just sit there because you never know what the second guy's going to do. Mm-hmm. It's very, da- driving is a dangerous thing, coach. Watch out for the other guy. Just have a, a brand new, not a brand new son, but a brand new driver in the house. 16 year old son got his license about three weeks ago, so I'm almost reliving those young driving days when you are scared at almost every intersection. Did you have any accidents as a 16-year-old that you like to relate to the people? That I had? Yes. Were you a good driver? Because I could tell you of some stories where, or at least one story where I clearly was Mm -hmm. not a good driver at 16. I would say I was a safe driver, but I was not a good driver. Very poor on directions, by the way. I got lost on a regular basis, and back when I was 16... 
There was no nav system. There was no <laughs> cell phones. You were lucky if you could find a payphone. So when you got lost, you were, uh, you know, a little bit of trouble. So when you were driving to school and you wound up in Missouri, when you saw the state <laughs> line, you knew that you had made a mistake? <laughs> well, not quite that bad. <laughs> okay, but in the general ballpark, I, I, it's a coach, that's all right. You probably had some more time to spend with yourself and figure things out. And it, Believe it, me, at the age of uh, 16, I had way too much time to spend with myself. You still had a great jumper back then, though. You could knock it down on the baseline, 16 years old. Third team all intramurals at New Church High School. Third team all intramurals, underrated. What about Still uh, got the newspaper with that publication that's uh should have been second team by the way you should frame that what about uh how'd you do on, on the uh on the volley <laughs> you're still mad about that right you're still ticked up a little may, upset right you'll never you'll yeah, never I, let it go yeah. which i was reading the magic bird book yesterday <laughs> as i continue to tangent uh, up magic and bird it's a book oh. by jackie mcmullen okay and uh i thought it was like a kid's book the magic bird book oh no no this is okay. a this is a real book um magic and bird both wrote a forward i made it i read all of birds forward i made it through half of magics then i actually no i read both forwards then I got into the first chapter, two pages in, fell asleep. But Magic in his forward said he's still bothered by the fact that Bird, uh, you know, won in beat him in uh, 1984. He still, he's like, you know, it bothered me then. It bothered me for many years, and I think actually it still Wait. bothers me today. Uh, you said Magic is still bothered. Magic is still bothered. The Celtics won titles. I believe. Oh, I thought you were going back to their college days no, because no. of the college game. No, not Magic defeated Bird. No, well, yeah, we're going for the first Celtic title. Okay. I believe the Celtics beat the uh, Lakers in 84-86, and the Celtics mm-hmm. won a third title in 81, I want to say. That's the three titles that Larry Bird had. So, But the first one over Magic, he's still bothered by, and this is now uh, 25 years later. I still remember watching Magic Johnson's first NBA game ever, and don't forget he came out in a rarity back in those days as a sophomore. So he was like 19-20, right. full of enthusiasm and, and the big smile. That's part of what, what made Magic Johnson so special. But, of course, the NBA game is not one game. It's 82 games. Right. And his first NBA game ever uh, went down to the final possession. Right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with a sky hook to win the game. Right. And Magic's like they won the college championship. He's jumping to center circle, puts his arm around Jabbar, and he's jumping. Jabbar's like, get off me, young man. we got 81 more games to play. I remember. I've seen the highlight. That was awesome. <laughs> but that's what you got to love about Irvin. Guy loved to play. Yes. And uh, I know he's. I think he's your favorite player of all time, Coach. Am I right? Good memory. Very nicely done from our previous show. Favorite all-time athlete, Magic Johnson, not only because of his tremendous skill, but the joy and enthusiasm and passion upon which he crafted his sport. And also the way that he was a guy that team, 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 team. Coach, you love that. He wasn't a scorer first. That's why, I mean, you appreciate Michael, but you're more of a fan of the way Magic played the game. I, of course, am a huge Jordan fan and find it offensive that you have this opinion. But uh, Well, we always used to argue, you said Michael Jordan was a good passer. I said Michael Jordan was a less than average. Yeah, I won't say a poor passer, but he was a mediocre at best passer. Yeah, one of the more ridiculous statements in the history of sports it's talk not radio. ridiculous. A bad passer? Yes. Coach. When did you ever see Michael Jordan make a, ooh, pass? I mean, he would penetrate with five guys guarding him uh-huh. and kick it out to John Paxson. That, to me... Does not make a great passer. Coach, Jason Kidd, great passer. Coach, if you want to uh, stay with me after the show, we can YouTube it up here. Yes. And we can watch Jordan highlights, and I will show That'll you. That'll be a very short set. Uh, Jordan highlights of passing? Yes, absolutely. No. We can do it. Huh? I'm going to, I'm going to set, you know what? I'm going to go home today. I'm going put, to put a clip together. I'll get you at least, I'll get you a good 10 minutes where you could just sit there and be like, wow, 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 uh-huh. wow, wow. Yeah, I remember Bulls fans used to say, well, you know, who's going to pass to? You know, Bill Cartwright or Luke Long? Yeah. 
That's who exactly who he's going to pass to. Draw and dish. He was a big-time ball hog. He's a great player. Love watching him play. Maybe the best player I ever saw play. But I will argue until I donate my kidneys. One kidney, two livers. No, no. One liver, two kidneys. Until I donate my organs, I will argue that uh, he was a less-than-mediocre passer. Strictly on that aspect of the game. Well, Coach, he did win six NBA titles. If he uh-huh. hadn't retired, he would have won probably seven and eight. And if mm-hmm. they hadn't broken up the team, he probably would have won nine and ten. Understood. So, What's your point? Well, how much better of a passer could he have been? I mean, how many more? Let me tell you something. I saw him drive and kick to Charles Oakley seven million times. Oakley the layup. Missed it. Oakley again. Can't get it to go. You know, just one of Michael's favorite comments. Tex Winter came up to him after a game. Michael, there's no I in team. Yeah, but there is in win. <laughs> I support that comment, Coach. Okay, and I'm not even necessarily arguing with that. But no, I understand. But your it point. doesn't that that concept in the six championships still does not make him a good passer. I don't agree with your point, but I do understand your point, and you think Jordan could have done more as far as distributing the basketball in a yes. in a fancy manner or even a more practical manner. Yes, right. I I, I get it. I I a man who watched <laughs> a lot of Bulls games. Saw Brad Sellers miss more than as many six-foot jumpers as I ever wanted well, to see. If Michael court. Jordan would have done his job, Brad Sellers might have been a functional player. It's it's amazing. Make your teammates better. That's what Magic Johnson did. Do you realize how bad of a player <laughs> Stacey King was? Huh? Stacey King had, his, had an eight-year, nine-year career in the NBA because Tremendous of Jordan. Tremendous collegiate player. He was he was a good collegiate player. My my advice to all people scouting, when a guy is six foot nine, six ten, and struggles to dunk the basketball... That's not a player who's going to succeed in the NBA. You need to actually be able to get over the rim and throw it down. And Stacey King, and even worse, if he can only function around the hoop with one hand, then it's a real problem. And that was Stacey's problem, which is interesting listening to Stacey. He does a tremendous job on the broadcast as we continue yes. to spiral. does a tremendous job. Yes, he has. But then he talks about everyone's work ethic. Stacey, please, I remember you as a player. You loved a bag of Doritos. <laughs> I don't think you ever got – were you ever in the weight room? I don't know if he was. So it's – it's kind of hard to hear that from him, mm-hmm. but he's right, but I think you should throw in there. By the way, I wasn't a hard worker, but just to let you know, this is what he needs to be doing. He'd Thank probably, you. He'd probably Thank take- you. Hey, real quick, only got a couple of minutes left. What? The college bowl picture came out. Mark Carmen sitting in. Jordan Burnfield going to be here tomorrow on Two Guys at a Mic. We do it every weekday, 10 till 11 Central Time. Make sure you join us. Burning but to sports. Mark, real quick, the bowl picture, very, very exciting. We now know who's going to be playing each and every day. The championship game is when? Uh, January the 7th. January 7th. It gets later every year. Pasadena gets two games, the Rose Bowl and the National Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first off, Coach, I'd like to give congratulations to the Northwestern Wildcats. Yes. Outstanding uh, accomplishment. Play on New Year's Day. I wish they weren't at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Like, no one's watching that game. I don't, it's just not a, I wish they had a little more... Prime time extravaganza. You're talking about 10 a.m. You're talking about New Year's the night before. You're talking about no one. But uh, it's still a great opportunity for Fitz. I, Auburn played Alabama awful tough. So I don't know. Uh, you know they are seven and five record wise. They don't look overpowering, and I don't know a whole lot about them. But that's it would be great for North- Northwestern needs to get a bowl win. Uh, Coach, what excites you? I don't know. The Humanitarian Bowl, does that do anything for you? Bowling Green in Idaho? No, but I got two games that deeply excite me. One is I love. I love the Cincinnati-Florida matchup. Is that the sugar? Cincinnati and Florida is the... Fiesta or sugar? I think that's the sugar. That's correct, the sugar bowl. Yeah, so that game, oh man, what a great game that is going to be. And then the one that really excites me is the Fiesta Bowl. 
Boise State taking on TCU, two upstart teams, both undefeated, both might have a legitimate cry upon victory for national championship in the Fiesta Bowl. Boise State, TCU, very excited about that one. See, I hate that matchup. You've got, because let those mid-major schools go up against the big boys. Let them compete against an Iowa or let them take on, a, like you're talking about, a Florida-Cincinnati. And I understand that Cincinnati's in the Big East and they're a little bit larger than a Boise State and a TCU, perhaps. But let them take on a big school. Everybody wants to see that upset. Yeah. They, those schools want to prove that they can compete on that level, yet you're going to have them play each other. And they played each other last year. So I was a little disappointed in that matchup. I wouldn't argue with that either. I don't think it's an either-or. I love that matchup. If they were scheduled against bigger schools, I think I'd love that too. The one that's a complete dog, by the way, was zero interest to me. Yes. The Orange Bowl featuring Georgia Tech and Iowa? I love the Hawkeyes. It's my alma mater. I can't believe you just dogged them. Georgia Tech and Iowa. Not not a real no, sexy not, bowl matchup for the uh, fine folks at the Orange Bowl. 7 p.m. on January the 5th, Central yep. Time, of course. Uh, Coach, what about uh, the Hawaii Bowl? SMU and Nevada. I believe I have a date that night. What about a Utah and California and the Pond... The Poinsettia Bowl. Might watch that one. That's an outstanding It's called match. the Poinsettia Bowl. Okay, let me ask you this before I know we got to get out of here. Yep. One word answer. College football playoff, yay or nay? Nay. Still staying nay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mark Carmen, great to have you in studio. We'll do it again tomorrow. You're back on Wednesday, I'm correct? back on Wednesday. I have no idea what we did today. Let's try to do it again on Wednesday. <laughs> Well put. David Olson, our producer, great job. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow for the talkzone.com. It's two guys and a mic.